You are listening to an Irreverent Media Podcast. Go to irreverent.fm in your web browser to find more dope-ass podcasts like this. Now on to the show. of A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary folks living revolutionary lives. It's Kevin. You know me, but who cares about me? I'm here this week with my friend April Ajoy. You know her, you love her. She is the co-host of the Evangelicalish podcast and the Non-Binary Marriage podcast. She's a content creator, a trouble starter on the internet, and one of my favorite humans ever. We had the pleasure of actually like hanging out and having a sleepover at my house because like that's what you do sometimes when you meet new internet friends. April is such an incredible person. She shares her story of how she went from being somebody who was a blowhard evangelical until Trump and how just opening herself up to more really just catapulted her headlong into understanding that there's more to the Christian faith. So if you uh, if you like my stuff, make sure you go follow April LaJoy across social media. Uh, before I get into that, I just want to let you know about some dope things coming up if you're listening to this in real time. April 28th, 2023, that's a Friday night. I'm doing a live show here in Atlanta, Georgia at a wonderful place called Red's Beer Garden. If you go check out my link in the bio, you can go get all the information on that event. It's free, but I would love for you to register so I know how many people to expect. Uh, I'm also going to be interviewing my friend Christian Smith. If you don't follow the Christian Smith who runs the Faith Community, which is a dope-ass online community based out of Atlanta, he's doing a lot in the black deconstruction circles. And let me tell you what, he's he is the one. He is the one. And you're going to want to be in the room for that conversation, or rather on the back porch while we're sipping beers and, you know, eating hot dogs and having a great time. It's a free event, so please come hang out. The following day, on Saturday uh, the 29th, I am hosting an event at my own house, a little mini retreat. So if you want to have a day of practices with me, if you want to learn meditation on a really deep level, and if you want to connect with other people who have walked through what you have, this could be a really wonderful opportunity. So go check out my website, thekevingarcia.com, for all that stuff, as well as the other stuff. Oh! Yeah, and the retreat in August, it's coming. And there's only like 24 spots available. So please go check that out. It's all inclusive. We're going to the mountains. We're sleeping in yurts. We're eating delicious gourmet food prepared by somebody. We're going to go forest bathing. We're going to be bathing in sound. We're going to get to like, it's called Wild Spirit Weekend. And when I tell you, it's going to be absolutely amazing. It's in Maryville, Tennessee, which is right outside of Knoxville. And if you're thinking, oh, Tennessee is really unsafe. Trust me, this place is a really, really wonderful space. In the heart of it, like just in the foothills of the Smokies. Ooh, you ain't going to want to miss it. So go again, check out my website for all that stuff. Uh, I think that's it. I love you. So get yourself something to drink and, you know, hunker down. Because this is a wonderful conversation with my friend, April LaJoy. Hi, April. Welcome Hi, to Kevin. A Tiny Revolution. Welcome to Thank the party. You. This is round two for 
for those of you who are listening now, because um, the last service I was using uh, does not keep recordings past two weeks. And I stack all my episodes up. And so when I went back to like download it, it was gone. And I'm like, this is fucked up and homophobic and probably <laughs> sexist too. So, um, we're on a, yeah, we're on a new, we're in a new place, new time, and we're doing it again. And I think it's going to be fun. So welcome to the pod. April, how do you introduce yourself to folks at the moment? At the moment? Um, well, it depends where I am. I live in a very conservative area. So if I'm just meeting someone out in the road, I'm not going to be like, Hi, I'm April LaJoy, and I detox American Christianity and call out misogyny and nationalism. Uh, A very light way of introducing yourself, too. Yeah, wouldn't really fly here, because I live among the Christian nationalists. Um, But yeah, I am April LaJoy, and I guess I'm like a content creator now. Kind of fell into that by just making fun videos on TikTok, and now I just do it. It's like my thing. And you do it really well, I might add. Oh, um, well, thank you. I think what's really cool about, like, uh, I don't know, this era of... Because I was, I, was I was talking with someone the other day about back in the Blago era, Blogosphere era, when it was, like, mm. you know, the, the grand five of, like, Rachel Held Evans, Sarah Bessie, uh, Jen Hatmaker, Glennon Doyle. Who yeah. was the other, the other white woman? There was one more. There were a lot I of called them the, yeah. I called them the Great Five. Oh, maybe maybe we would say Beth Moore, but like she never left the that era. I don't know. Um, but either way, like it's been really cool for me to watch how like content has evolved because I also try to. I got my foot in the door trying to be the gay Christian blogger when mm. I first came out seven years ago. Um, but for you, like I, I wonder for you. Um, I don't know. How did you? Let me, let's start with this. Uh, when did your shelf break? I've been asking a few people this, but mm. uh, on like ex Mormon TikTok, if y'all, if anyone follows that, people talk about their shelf. Like you know, I was like, oh, this thing I don't understand. I put it here. Oh, the Bible's not real. I'm just gonna put this up here. Oh, maybe the you know, the, the maybe people my prophets were wrong. I'm gonna put this over here. Mm. Oh, racism in the church. I'm gonna, and so people just keep putting this stuff on the shelf until eventually. The la- it's like the, the quote unquote the straw that breaks the camel's back or whatever whatever thought they put it up there for me it was just like what if you're allowed to be gay and Christian I don't know and everything <laughs> broke for me um, so yeah. for you when's your shelf break I feel like it was a very slow break and like it wasn't one big moment it was a uh, well, one one of the bigger one of the biggest cracks was when my brother came out to me as gay mm-hmm. because I loved my brother and you know I was taught that it was a choice and people choose that evil quote unquote lifestyle you know I mean and I did I did for yeah, sure yeah you chose it <laughs> absolutely it, right? like, like what who that when listen I just thought wow it would be really really fun if I like was afraid for my life all the time I mean who needs mm-hmm. a cardio workout. When you are afraid. Yeah. Anyways. That's the, that's the, that's the dream right there. <laughs> I'd say. Um, so, yeah. And it's funny because my brother actually remembers you when you used to post in the, um, <laughs> the little gay Christian forums. 
back when there were oh forums. Oh my god, the forums. I was so active. I was mm-hmm. I goodness gracious. Yeah. That's funny. So you were in, that's inspiring really inspiring for him to eventually like accept himself. Um but yeah, so him coming out to me was a huge crack in my shelf, I guess, because suddenly I was faced with the reality that I thought wasn't true, but there it was before my eyes. Like, I know my brother. I know my brother did not choose to do this. Our our household and just the churches we were in were quite homophobic, quite homophobic. Um, so, so that was one. And then it's very cliche, but the biggest one was Trump and how evangelicals and people that I had respected and looked up to as spiritual leaders, uh, you know, just kind of throw out every ounce of integrity that I thought that they had to support and defend the orange man. So that really, I think that that was, um, I think that was the thing that also actually broke my shelf around like having, well, let's not, I can't say that because I've been still participating in a church space since I came out. I recently figured out this is an aside. I guess my shelf has recently broke. Finally, mm. as far as like. Yeah. Because, uh, and by that I mean like, where like, I don't think I can actually be a part of a church right now. Like, mm. uh, and I didn't, that made me really sad for a second because it was like, ever since Trump got elected, like, I don't know what you were doing, but we were doing picklebacks because we thought that we were about to like, elect the first female president of the United States. Do you know what a pickleback is? I don't. What's a pickleback? Oh, it's a whiskey. It's a shot of whiskey followed with a, with a pickle juice chaser. Okay. I am, uh, <laughs> I am so out of the, you know, I am out of conservatism, but, mm-hmm. you know, I still don't have that history of knowing alcoholic drinks. I drink, but no. I know like two. <laughs> no, it's, it's a... If I was not a frat boy in college, living a double life, mm. I wouldn't have any sort gotcha. of knowledge. Of, yeah, I was too terrified of the sinful of being left things. The rapture. So, <gasps> oh my God, left behind. I want to follow that trail real quick. Um, okay. <laughs> left behind. When did Left Behind the series come out for you? Like, how old were you? Oh gosh, I was probably, I was probably ten. Or so I read mm-hmm. all of the Left Behind kids books. So <gasps> my mother got those? me those. She, she, I got, I got through the first one, and I remember for some reason, for some reason, I have like the first chapter like grilled into my brain, and I remember it's like it's cutting to all the different characters that they're gonna follow, and one of them is like a high school lock-in, or something mm. like that. He's at a church event, and then everything happens, and he's like. Oh. I'm the only one left. <laughs> I remember there was a character named Vicky. I don't I don't know why I remember her name. And then the Antichrist was named. It was like a Russian name. What was it? Oh, Co- not Constantine, uh, but something no. in that neighborhood. Yeah, I feel like it did start with a C. N- uh, Nikolai, Nikolai Carpathia. <laughs> Carpathia, something Nikolai. like that? I don't remember the last name, but I remember Nikolai. And any time I ever heard the name Nikolai, immediately was like Antichrist. I think I'm pretty sure it was Nikolai Carpathia. Why that is that right. stuck in my brain? My the favorite thing. scene. 
My favorite scene, I don't know if you got to watch like the Kirk Cameron films. I think they only made like one through three when like his fiance was like, I got to go work for the Antichrist as like an undercover secretary for Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, like they end up having like a double wedding in, like before they go off. It's like a whole weird thing where they're just like, we may never see each other again. And we obviously want to have sex before we do this because what if it's the last time we're ever allowed to have sex? So we better get married real quick. Now, granted, that is not what is implied, but it's like, it, that is like, because like, you know, like in all the action movies or like the war movies, they all, like the protagonist makes love before they go to war. Mm-hmm. Um, this was just the Christianized version. And I was just very happy to see that they followed God's Yeah, law. you got to get married Amen. real quick. Just a quick civil union down at the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Married before God. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, um, um have you ever thought that you were left behind growing up? Oh my god. Yes. Yes, I did. Because I I <clears throat> I think because like I knew something was off about me from a young age. Mm. I was always like suspicious of like okay, it could happen anytime. I got to make sure I'm prepared. Um I thought my dog got raptured one day. Like I came <laughs> home and she was not I was always the first one home. I was the one to let her out of the out of the gated area. And uh, this day, like my older brother, Robert, for some reason, didn't have work and he let her out and took her back inside. But I was outside crying that something happened to her, that she got taken, that she was raptured. And then I look and I see my brother's car is in the driveway and I'm like, oh, shit, I just reacted over nothing, I think. And so Mm -hmm. like I quickly like, like, you know, wiped my face and went inside. And my brother's like, are you were you were you crying outside? I was like, no. I think I was an animal. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah. The, what about well, you? Did you ever? I, did you ever fear a, a rapture moment? A left I, behind I, moment? I sure did. I sure did. So I, I, you know, I, you're not alone in that. And I was older too. I was like 13 or 14. I was busy on AOL Instant Messenger at the time, chatting with Heck some yes. friends. <laughs> and, what was your first um, screen day? Um, for a while I was girly chickadee 89 or 88. <laughs> Girly spelled with you. <laughs> I was really proud of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. And then I was I, Mav Girl 41 for a while because I was a big Dallas Mavericks fan. Mav. I was uh, X Crack the Whip because I was Ooh. like a, a hardcore kid. So everyone had oh. the, like the X's in their names. Um, yeah. But but then you could for... also be mistaken for like being a dom. Yeah. Which I didn't make that connection. I just had a friend who used to say "crack the whip" all the time, but I thought it was funny, and so I made it into a thing. And they're That's like, hilarious. "Why is that your name?" I'm just like, I thought it's funny. Such an innocent kid. No. Oh yeah, it's cute. So anyway, so I was on AOL Instant Messenger, and then I it, a good chunk of time had gone by, and I suddenly realized that the house was very quiet. And I have two brothers, a dog, and my parents, right? And so mm-hmm. I start being like, Mom, Dad, brothers. No one was responding. My dog was gone. So I start looking around the house. Um, I don't know if you'll recognize this, but there was like folded piles of clothes of laundry in my parents' room. Yes. And but no like, bodies. Hmm. No bodies. I looked in the garage. The cars were still there. My mom's purse was still on the counter. I was like, oh. Um, 
And like, I literally thought, um, like, well, my dog's gone too. I was like, gosh, I didn't think dogs would get raptured. So then I start racking my brain. <laughs> I start racking my brain of like, okay, did I just do a sin? And I was probably talking to a boy my parents didn't want me to talk to. So I was like, oh, gosh, shouldn't do that. So then we lived on a golf course. So I go out in the backyard and I go out. They're not, they're not there. They're not in the front yard. I go out on the golf course. I walk like three holes down. I'm starting to have a complete panic because I'm you're not seeing thinking, anyone. Okay. I'm not seeing anyone. I'm thinking, okay, I can do this. I've seen the movies. I can just refuse the mark of the beast and then get my head chopped off. Like I'm literally giving myself a pep talk. Like it'll be quick. A pep talk. A guillotine. Yeah. I'm like giving myself a pep talk. Like I can do this. I can do this. And then finally I find, I hear my dog bark. In the distance, like that sounded like my dog. They were just chilling on the golf course. Just didn't think they needed to tell me. Here's the thing: if you're gonna teach your children that at any moment oh they could be left God. behind, don't leave them alone. It is freaking traumatizing. That okay? That's particularly right there. Like I think like because like the idea of the rapture, you know, didn't come around till you know, 1820s. I think 1820s. it was later than that. It was like the mid 1800s. Um, somebody out there who is better history buff than us, let us know in the comments. When did, yeah. um, I, I, I did I a TikTok it. about it. Um, I did too. I don't remember. I do know it is the 1800s though. You might be right. That, that was something that like, like I think people don't recognize is that like where this idea came from. And also like, that's the thing about, I think you were right. 1830. I said 1820s. So yeah, we well, eh. were closer. I said mid, so yeah. Oh, okay. It's it's Price is Right rules. Closest without going over, right? Yeah. That's how. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, those um, are the rules when you come to rapture theology. Try to guess it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but I think that, like, uh, I wonder, like, I don't think our parents worried about it as much. It wasn't, like, a thing that was, like, at the front of their mind. They're just like, I know that Jesus is coming back someday. And uh, they just, I, I don't know, like, my mom didn't have and still does not have the or well I don't have it any, as much anymore but like my mom never exhibited the level of anxiety that so many of us did mm-hmm. like my father definitely cuz my dad was like barely a christian my grandparents they were just civilly christian you know like I know Jesus is coming back he's blah 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 we got to make sure my whole family's safe we're safe da, da, da. But they were just like you know regular ass people you know, not really mm-hmm. fanatics or anything like that. I became, it really wasn't until like the past four years that like things started to shift anyways. But I, I think about how our generation was like particularly traumatized by this thing because of the advent of of uh, the dissemination of this information and the popularization of a theology that some person just made up. Mm-hmm. And then... On top of that, the thread I wanted to pull on was, it is interesting to me that nobody asks where their beliefs come from, or at least mm-hmm. we were never taught to, or never taught, because like to, to question it means to doubt, and to doubt is to sin, and to sin is to be left behind. Yeah. Um, yeah, like when, when you're looking at the, because like you're, you know, you're more up close and personal with like evangelical Christianity than I am, I'd have to like, space myself out because it makes my heart palpitate um yeah what is it with people and not being willing to just examine why they believe what they do well i think it's all fear-based because 
the further you get away from it, the more you realize hardly any of it makes sense. So in order to keep it all neatly packaged, you can't tug on that string because it's so tightly knit that if, you know, you pull just slightly, then everything unravels uncontrollably. <laughs> I mean, it's not fun. It's not fun to wake up and be like, oh, shoot, is any of this real? Was everything I believed a mm. lie? It's like, I mean, it's existential crisis. And it's just a lot easier to just, it's just, it's just easier. You know, ignorance is bliss. It's easier to just keep going through the motions and just do what you're told. Mm -hmm. I remember I think it's though, also let, oh, sorry, keep going. Oh, I was just going to say, I remember I was probably in high school looking at the concordance in my Bible for the word rapture and it wasn't there. And then I went to my dad who was a pastor. I was like, dad, why is the, why can't I find where the, where it talks about the rapture in the Bible? He was like, oh, well, the word isn't in the Bible, but, you know, we read in a moment in a twinkling of an eye and then the one man standing in a field that he's like, that's that's where we get that from. And I remember being like, that's it. That's the mm. rapture is a very specific theology and we're basing it on that. <laughs> but then I just had to put it on the shelf because I wasn't prepared to, like, you know, go down that road. I mean, and also neither was your parent or like, and your dad was, was your dad a pastor? He was, he was a evangelist. My grandfather was also a pastor of a pretty large church in Dallas at the time. Like this was before there were a bunch of mega churches and they had like 4,000 mm -hmm. members. So yeah. Dang. Fun. They were the proto mega church. The OGs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jesus, like Jesus movement. Uh, No. We were Pentecostal and charismatic, uh, but we weren't really a part of any mm. other larger denomination. Dang. I'm um I I think the the it was like the Jesus movement that happened in the sixties and seventies. Mm -hmm. I I have I'm I'm friends with people who were alive, like when they were they were kids when that was happening and they were teens when that was happening. And so to talk about their experience of like getting caught up in this like very loving person of Jesus and then to see how in the eighties it turned mm -hmm. into a political movement and then them leaving the church at that time. It is so interesting to me because it's like, uh, I mean, people don't, I mean, I think about myself too. I'm just like, it's not like I didn't give myself to something that I hated. I gave myself to something that I truly loved. Right. And I don't, um, I don't feel ashamed of of that um, anymore. I think because mm. I think a, something that kept me from healing for a long time was feeling ashamed that I got fooled, or ashamed that I believed what I did. And it's like, what the fuck do you expect of yourself? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on! Like you, of course, like you did what you did. Of course, you believed what you believed. You couldn't have believed anything different because your dad said, "Oh, we get it out of this verse and this verse, and we can't." ever change our minds mm -hmm. because it's not our, it was not it's it, all to say i don't think it was as much a fault as if we put on ourselves yeah right and the, and that's kind of like sometimes i'll get comments of like stupid how did you not know sooner but i'm like if you were raised in it from a child and your parents and my parents were very loving like i don't think anything that they did was malicious 
you know, they believed Mm -hmm. it too because they were also raised in it. It's just a cycle of people being indoctrinated and then they indoctrinate their children, but they don't know they're indoctrinating their children. They're just doing Mm -hmm. what they know, what they genuinely believe because that's what they've been told to believe. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, like I can't fault myself. I do feel a little guilty though sometimes because I did get a little more political (laughs) with my... Christianity, very Christian conservative. When I was in high school, I made a MySpace group called I'm a Christian, therefore I'm a Republican. Oh! Yeah. Yes, you did. I sure did. I was very rah-rah GOP and Jesus. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Also, before we keep going, I need to plug in my computer because she is... You know how, like, when your computer gets to a certain age and nothing on it wants to work um i do and then and it's like as slow as a dinosaur it's not quite as slow as a dinosaur but like it's charging ports are suspect yeah there we go or i guess not the... that dinosaurs are slow that they're slow yeah. because they're as old as dinosaurs yeah as, as slow as yeah, dinosaurs no hate to like... dinosaurs out there yeah, especially those fast ones. We see you. We yeah. know you. <laughs> we acknowledge you exist. Or did. Or did. Maybe. Perhaps. But if the Earth is only 6,000 years ago, scientists right. could be. That was another That was another weird contradictory thing that I just couldn't wrap my brain around either. It was just like, okay, why aren't dinosaurs here? You know, mm-hmm. if the, if, well, they got wiped out with uh, <clears throat> a comet. And I'm like, and, but if they got wiped out with a comet, how are we still here? It was just, mm-hmm. and like, nobody really like wanted to deal with reality. Like, Cause like we totally learned about evolution in school and we totally were taught creationism in church and at home, but nobody really just talked about it. Like how, did, how are these? Well, <sighs> if you were homeschooled or went to Christian schools, like I did, you were told maybe like three sentences on evolution and then been like, but Darwin was influenced by the devil. Here's the truth. And then you were taught creationism. So, and I was taught that dinosaurs died in the flood. And like, oh yeah, the, we Noah's, we couldn't Noah's get them ark. on yeah, the ark. They, they were just chilling amongst us, humans, dinosaurs. It was just a thing. We it was just never written about, but they were there. And then they just all died in the flood. You know, sucks to suck, I guess. Ah, oh, that is. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, here's the thing. I totally believe that there was a large flood that happened some at some point in the history of the Earth, probably because there's just too many flood well, stories. A lot of historical accounts, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm not saying it was like that's where the ancient aliens went, but I'm saying like, what if there was another dominant species on the planet before us, and we just survived the we survived the flood. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I also have heard too that probably if there was a flood, it was in like the Mediterranean Mediterranean area, not like a worldwide. Well, shit. Massive flood. <laughs> well, that. But who knows? None of us were there. Yeah, you don't know, April. Are you? Are you a G G? Wait, what is it? Archaeologist? Archaeologist? No. Um, <laughs> Archaeologist. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I I got a degree in music education, um, and then practical theology, mm. which is like, which I'm is not saying lesbian dance theory. 
basically lesbian dance theory. I mean, also, like, I wish that I could get a degree in lesbian dance theory. That like, how great. cool. That sounds amazing. What is lesbian dance? That's what I want to know. I also want to know that, too. Um, Call us. Call us up. Yeah, please. and <laughs> Let us know. Give us a free class for fun. Mm. Um, I know something that if you want to talk about it, you can. You don't have to. Like, I mean, it's like you're being on the internet. Very, very sarcastic. Very, very fun. Um, you've also been like really open about you and your partner and how uh, they've come out as non-binary, how they're presenting differently and how wonderful that has been for like your whole family. Um, but like, it's just like, I don't know. Just talk about like people's reactions and like how you've been particularly kind of like working through your feelings about their reactions and their reactions about your feelings. And how do you handle that shit? Because a lot of times on the internet, people are so fucking cruel. Yeah. They're so cruel. Um, it's, it's really weird because (laughs) before my partner came out, they'd be in some videos with me and there were several douchey dudes that were like, that's like your boyfriend looks like a girl or like would say things like to make them sound feminine. But mm-hmm. then once they came out now, like they don't say that anymore. They're like, he's a man. <laughs> you know, it's like, or they'll it be is like, like, or are you gay now? Like, no. <laughs> it's so funny to me. I'm like, especially for non-binary folks who present any sort of uh, like AMAB people who, uh, mm-hmm. skew more femme or like do anything that's more feminine it's like my entire life you called me a sissy and a and a girl and you just you're being a woman and then the moment i have the audacity to agree with you you turn around and say you're a man put it on <laughs> yeah. putting on nails and hair and and you know and a dress does not make <laughs> no. you a woman and i'm like but like i just i'm just trying to play by the rules you told me <laughs> I know. It's so it's so ridiculous. And just the the funny thing to me is people are just so ignorant that the, the the stranger comments don't really get to me so much because what they say is so stupid. Like when I when my partner we did a video kind of briefly talking about our story. Um, and then we go into very much detail on we have a podcast called The Non-Binary Marriage where we tell our entire story from going from like cisgender yeah. straight, you know, evangelical darlings when we got married to now you know, they're non-binary. I'm a, I'm bisexual, which I've always, which we've always been, but we are just, you know, accepting that about ourselves. Um, but it's just like the ignorance of being like, oh, so, so y'all are gay, y'all. Mm-hmm. You like women now? I'm like, I mean, yeah, I do, but that's has nothing to do with my that's, partner. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just like yeah. But what's what's way more funny to me, um. And and hurtful at the same time has been how like extended family has responded because both of us mm. come from very conservative Christian families, right. and our, thankfully our immediate families have been really supportive. Like our siblings and our parents, they've all been for the most part, or at least are supportive now. Um, mm. But we've had an extended member of uh, one when someone on Beecher's side of the family said that they believe Beecher's non-binary because. Um, of course, she would say he, because he used to watch that Walking Dead show, and I just know a demon came out of that screen and made him non-binary. W- from Walking kidding. Dead. That's 
That's an actual The Walking theory. Dead. Yeah. yeah, that's a real theory out there. Walk, those listen, Walking Dead it, demons. <laughs> came out, listen, the spirits of homosexuality um, mm. are real. They are on the prowl. Mm-hmm. And they want to make you feel fabulous, baby. Yeah, they need it. They really need to put a warning before you watch Walking Dead. Like, beware. It's like, if you, may make be, you fabulous. May make you demonically slay the game, <laughs> hunty. Yes. May 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 cause fierceness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh my so, god, demonic forces may cause fierceness. I'm about. To, we need to put that on a shirt. Demonic. Oh my god, yeah. demon possessed yeah. and full of. <laughs> I don't know. Fabulously possessed. There's just there's a there's a there's a Halloween shirt in here somewhere. There's a there's a shtick mm. to, to be pulled on. We'll uh, oh my on god. It. We need to figure out we need to do like a TikTok collab about this the, the spirits of homosexuality near How, Halloween. Honestly, I, we I'm sure you've heard all a bunch of crazy reasons of things that could make you gay, as if I mm-hmm. or queer. We should, Let's go. We should just make a TikTok where it's like a fake commercial and we are evangelicals, right? And mm-hmm. we are warning people of the dangers of that homosexual spirit and the things that you need to avoid. No walking dead. Absolutely. No purple Teletubby. No. Um, if Listen, the U.S. mail stamps. The licking mail things. Stamps. Yeah, don't lick it. It's going to get yeah, if, the frog. Because, gover- because the government is putting a certain kind of... Of genome suppressant inside the the stickers of the stamps, and even just even looking at it, it can infect you through your eyeballs. Yep, and five G, five G. Stay Let, only you have a flip phone. Yep, listen, stay with and it. And I'm not talking pants. about. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you what I was uh, just on my drive to my prayer meeting, and. Right now, I just want to say, cross-country, very, very um, liberal, very mm-hmm. um, just these hot, these boys just thinking that they're hot dogs swinging around with no shirts, running around on the highway with their sweaty bodies. You know, it the reflection of the oh, sun off the glistening the of their pectorialis majors blinded mm-hmm. me. And I nearly rammed 14 of them over. Wow. But I, it was that's because of their sin. That's demonic spirit. Yeah. The Holy Try- Spirit was well, who was telling you to run them over. Trying to protect wow. you from being infiltrated. And will God not do anything and everything to keep his children safe? Hallelujah. Praise him. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my. Okay. This is. We need to like. See, it's like this little shtick here. This is funny to me. I'm like, mm-hmm. A, we should do something with it. And B, we should also like pitch Mega the podcast to get us on there. You ever listen to Mega? No. Oh, man. Comedy podcast. It's basically, okay. it's like, it's called Mega. And it's basically based off of a mega church. Oh, but they're wait, all I think comedians. I've heard of this, but I haven't. Oh, my. All the comedians on there. So, like, they're all just like playing a part and just like basically improving stupid christian interview podcast and when i tell you it's like it would be there's a part of me like this is hilarious because it is funny and and there's also a part of it that is so sad because there are christians out here who if they did not know it was satire they might take it seriously yeah 
No, I have to. I have to put like a <clears throat> a little warning label and in my captions now because there have been genuine times where people thought that I was serious. I'm like, no, I'm I'm not serious. But but also it's like no, I am like rest in peace satire. Baby. Yeah, because people but people are so <sighs> ridiculous these days that satire's about dead. You can only take extremes so far before it's just not funny and it's just sad. Um but yeah, another I think uh, that's family- also possibly the time we live in. Right? Maybe. Right. Right. That's what it's yeah, just like, it's just like everything's too hard and there is a part of me though that I'm I'm the queen or the girl who's going to move who's going to probably laugh at something because like I I don't know. I think it's also distance for me. It's like the further and further I get out from the thing that hurt me, mm-hmm. um, the less uh, the less serious I take my. I say it this way for myself: the less serious I take my trauma. It's like yeah. it's there, but it's like I left those spaces. Uh, you know, they hurt me in those spaces like one time, mm-hmm. but in my head they've hurt me a thousand times because I can't seem to let it go. You know, I can't seem mm-hmm. to get that part out of my head. Um, and so now on this side of it, I think like being able like, at least for me, being able to look at something and point at something and say, isn't that a little ridiculous? And like, yeah, mm-hmm. it was. And not well, needing to like put me in why... I was going to say, that's no, kind of no. why I do the videos that I do. It's like laughing about these ridiculous things. Because humor is honestly how I cope. And it's it just it really lessens the trauma if you can laugh about it because it is so ridiculous. It's ridiculous that, you know, as a preteen or a teenager, I literally had to give myself a pep talk about getting my head chopped off because I thought my family had been sucked up into the sky and left a pile of clothes behind them. Oh, I'm t- like that's insane. <laughs> oh my god, I'm ready for like the web series called April's A Joy. Um, mm. and it's just like a little like web series about like these little weird evangelical moments from your childhood, <laughs> all oh the teen gosh. mishaps. I'm ready for I like a very like... Lizzie McGuire, Lizzie McGuire esque thing. <laughs> That'd be pretty great, actually. Get my little animated self, which would be like my <gasps> oh, it could be like Lizzie McGuire, but there's a little animated self, which is actually me, right? It's like my reason and my logic mm-hmm. that I was told was the devil and sinful that I'm trying to squash. Mm-hmm. It'll be like, you know, when See? a man's like, hey, hey, April, I know you're only 12, but you really need to cover up your shoulders because of the men around here, you know? And then, like, I could have, like, my little animation <sighs> me being like, that's problematic. He's sexualizing a child. You know? Instead of oh being like, gosh. oh, you're so right. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Hi, everyone. If you steal any of our ideas, we're fucking coming for you. Um <laughs> Yeah, trademarked right here. Um, I declare a trademark yeah. and a copyright. I declare copyright. I declare. <laughs> um, That's um, works. <laughs> Yeah, I declare declassified. Mm-hmm. I declare. I declare. <laughs> yeah, um, like a w- I declare innocence. <laughs> I okay. I'm just. I'm just. In my wildest imagination, this bitch goes to jail. I. I. I, I have so. zero hope. I have zero hope, but I just, I just want him to, I just want him to be indicted on something so that he cannot run for president. Um, exactly. Exactly. And like, then I want. I would be so happy if he does go to jail, but 
all I want is him to never run for office again. Yeah. If he can be slapped with a felony and barred from public office, I will. It is so sad at this point that we're willing to accept so little. We're just like. (laughs) A month ago, my neighbors across the street put up a Trump 2024 flag. A month ago. And they had they didn't put anything up in 2016. They didn't put anything up in 2020. They decided in that this this year, 2022, in the middle of all these investigations and January time to get brave. 6, that's the time. We're throwing our support in now. Mm-hmm. So we are here and we are unashamed of the gospel of <laughs> Donald J. Trump. We are unashamed yeah. to say that we are Christian nationalists because we love America and we are Christian. That's another thing, too. I'm just like, how are you? What is it? Marjorie fucking Taylor Greene out here. Like, I am a brown Christian nationalist. I'm like, you don't, you don't know. You obviously don't understand what we mean when we say Christian nationalist because you're just hearing this thing and saying, oh, I think it means this. And I don't understand. I mean, I do understand. I understand completely. And that is what is most horrifying. Yeah, it's maddening. <laughs> right. You're taking like, well, and and I've been calling out Christian nationalism for years at this point since like 2016 when Trump first oh, yeah. came in and, and everyone just like, oh, we're going to worship this man now. Um, and so now that Christian nationalism is just like a regular term that people are trying to use to like, well, it's kind of like what they did with deplorables, right? Like. Hillary Clinton called them all deplorables, mm. and now they wear deplorable on a T-shirt. I'm like, yeah, I am a deplorable, you know, which I guess is kind of like a defense if you just make it where it's not so bad, then it's not so bad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah. I think I think another it's like the that, like. Oh, go for it. Oh, I was just gonna say another thing that really broke the shelf. Like it was like practically broken with the Trump thing, but I mm-hmm. I started po- this was before TikTok. And I just, like, made a very – in 2016, I was still indoctrinated so much that I couldn't vote for Hillary because I just couldn't vote for a Mm. Democrat. So I voted third party because I was being all righteous and blah, blah, blah. Gross. Um, But I I made, like, a very middle-of-the-road, like, post on Facebook that was just, like, I don't understand how we can say all this thing about Donald Trump. Like, as Christians, is this who we want to represent us? Blah, blah, blah. And the amount of hate that I got for just not voting for Trump was super Mm. eye-opening to me because I was instantly othered. And Mm -hmm. so then it kind of made me realize, oh, shoot, all these other times that we, that my, that group has demonized other people for saying things and for leaving that I believed and that I was probably even part of. It's like, oh, shoot, I don't think that they were actually bad. Because suddenly I was being demonized for something that I was just following, mm-hmm. you know, my own heart and convictions. And it's just like something clicks in there. It's just like, oh, it's not unconditional love here. Mm-mm. It's not. That's nope. what I think is so interesting is that we're your community. We love you no matter what, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then it comes like, I mean, that's what I thought with like my old community. Like, Especially because like churches will say, oh, we're family. 
oh, we're, we're like, you know, we're committed to the community. You know, we can have differences and that's okay. And when they say this, like, we can have differences about who we like for a football team. That's what we can have differences on. Mm-hmm. You know, we can have preferences on like, you know, Coca-Cola versus Pepsi, even though if you like Pepsi, I have questions about your morality. Um, but also Coca-Cola is a company and fuck them. Um, mm. Anyways. It is. Um, it's maddening to see that the kind of love that we learned early on was so conditional. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but the way that we practice relationships was conditional love. And it just, at least for me, it's still... I'm still unlearning so many of those like codependent behaviors around like needing to make sure everybody feels good about me, making sure like I like making sure that people think kind thoughts about me rather than just thinking kind thoughts about myself and letting that be the end of it. It's like, Mm -hmm. I know there's, there's just so much, I I mean, like there's grief, there's grief there for me sometimes. Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's just a lot of grief too. realizing how I used to think about people that had left, Mm -hmm. not even the faith, but just left my church. Right. And then realizing that all of these people that have known me for most of my life, especially being a pastor's kid, for them to suddenly, like, I know what they're thinking about me. Well, a lot of them tell me too, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's just really hurtful and hard because I know I like I know that I'm not evil. I know that I am just doing the best that I can and that I'm genuinely trying to love better and that's why I can't be a part of that institution anymore. And then just to be constantly demonized does eventually, you know, it does eventually take its toll. But, you know, it also gives me very thick skin. So, like mm-hmm. when someone calls me because I have red hair, I'm the soulless reincarnate of the fallen Nephilim, I can just laugh about it and put it in my Twitter bio. Wait, someone actually said that? Mm-hmm. That was a real comment. I am the soulless reincarnate of the fallen Nephilim. So well, I my question is just like, it, like it you, was creative. I mean, that is very creative, but also just like you believe in reincarnation as a Christian? Yeah, no, I've got questions. Um, Greg Locke saw one of my videos about him because I made fun of his um, angel wing back sweat. Oh. on it and uh, yes. on Facebook. And so since he commented on it, all these all of his little minions came over and they were cracking me up because first of all, they are very culty. We all know that. Like they're- Oh my they're God. Mockers. Demagogue. The amount of them calling me demon. Someone's like, she a de- she's a demon in human form. I'm like, man, I have so many options for my Twitter bio now. Demon in human Just, form. See, yeah, I don't know if I like fallen Nephilim or demon in human form better. Fallen Nephilim. Oh, my God. <laughs> the um, the amount of... I, I, I Going back to what you were saying just a, a moment ago about the... Um, about how, like, when your family and your people and, like, those who, like, I mean, like, when it... I, I would say, like... I, I did a did a workshop with a bunch of folks and one person was talking about like, you know, what do you do when you lose 2000 friends? Hmm. You know, like, yeah. you know, this person was on staff at a mega church. It was like, everybody was very lovey dovey. Um, and it was also something that like someone mentioned, re- like, you know, just like being that you were like in a pastoral position, people wanted to be around you because a, 
they think that's what they should want to do. Like, and also they're looking to you for wisdom so that they can become better, so that they can also climb the, the spiritual corporate ladder, you know, mm -hmm. so that they can become the next worship leader, so that they can become the next prophet, so they can become the next blah, 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 blah. Um, it was always that. It was mm -hmm. always like this. And, and to realize, I'm just like, you, you, I was just like, oh, you lost 2,000 of your friends. And it's just like, my question for, for myself was like, oh, well, were they really ever my friends? Yeah. Or, because like for me, I'm just like, a friend is somebody who is here. Mm hmm. And they're not here. And so I don't I don't want to say that they, they weren't my friends, but it's also at the same time, like, they never really knew me, I suppose. Or maybe I never really knew them. And then it's also this delicious, if we want to pull it 10,000 feet back, I'll never really know anyone, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Well, I think especially but, in like um, church culture, you're taught to yeah. just be a cookie cutter version of everybody else. And there's like sins, you know, there are sins that are socially acceptable to struggle with. Like all men struggle with porn and have porn addictions and and mm. all women don't want to have sex, but they need to have sex with their husbands, you know, like. So their all, sin like, the is just not wanting to, <laughs> their sin is like, it's like, it's like the sin, the woman's sin is they want to fuck, but not the right person. Hmm. Maybe. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Like for, for us, like all the women's groups or women's events that I would go to, one, you just sit around and eat a yogurt parfait and hear someone tell you the story about Esther again. And then they talk about how women, you know, your husband has needs. And the, and I know it's tiring raising those kids, cooking, doing the laundry, and you don't really want to have sex with him. But it is your godly duty to do it anytime he wants. So I was raised anytime. to just be like, oh, I don't actually want sex. Sex isn't fun, but I'm going to have to do it. Like, that's the thing, too. Like, it's like, don't have sex. Sex is bad. Sex isn't fun. But until you have a smoking hot wife. But it's like, it's never, it's never the women saying, my big dick husband, he dicks me down mm. and it's so good, y'all. Never heard that. Never mm -hmm heard anything. I was always... never once told about women's pleasure. Can I tell you something kind of embarrassing? But I sure. blame purity culture. I did not have an orgasm until I was in my 30s. Rock and roll, baby. I'm because so glad you got there. I didn't know that I should care about that. That that I thought, it, I thought it was a fleeting thing that most women never experienced because that's what I was told. I was like, oh no, it's just about my, my husband's pleasure. I won't Which say is why I'm a it's big embarrassing. Fan of the vibrator now. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Very sex um, positive now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, sex toy companies, um, we're ready for your endorsements and deals. So please 100%. send us things to review. Hey, AdamandEve.com. <laughs> I've literally messaged the company that for like my my vibrator, who like I have a very close connection with. I'm like, please sponsor me. Please sponsor me. You don't even have to pay me very much. Like, I just know, like, it was life-changing for me. Like, I just know there's so many women out there who mm -hmm. who could use this little toy. <laughs> there's there's a, oh, my God. You know what we got to do? So you need to get a vibrator thing. I need to get, like, butt plugs or something like mm. that. Because mm -hmm. I, th there's just so many people out there who, like, my present partner, um, 
brand new to be any queer anything. And so, mm. you know, in order to explore those things, you got to like use tools, get excited. And then like, you know, like, I don't know if just like, I, I've just gotten more explored, exploratory, like using toys recently mm -hmm. as a way to expand what kind of fun we can have in the bedroom. And I'm like, oh my God, like this would be so helpful for, I know that I'm not the only like ex, ex evangelical out there who is probably still having, is only having vanilla sex. And there's nothing wrong with vanilla sex if you like vanilla sex, but I'm just mm -hmm. saying, it's like when you when you try it, something new, like a new dish, mm -hmm. and it gives you just this flavor you've never experienced before, and it's like a f mm -hmm. or it's extra special when you can try it without also feeling shame. Oh yeah, and then you just get to like luxuriate in it, mm -hmm. in the feeling of just ugh. Post or post orgasm glow. I mean, I just like I've been like. Full <laughs> Um, everyone knows that I'm a, a slut um, in these piece in this in this place. I had some lovely sex last night, and when I tell you, it's nothing like it. Just like congratulations. Thank you. I just want I love more. That for you. <laughs> I want more people to have good sex. That's really I what I feel like. A lot of these, you know, a lot of these conservative, um, MAGA evangelicals. Um, could probably do better if they were more sexually satisfied without the shame. Because I do yeah. think some of them probably do get the satisfaction, but, but it's coupled with the shame. And that's that's not so fun. Yeah. That's the thing. It's just like, oh, nothing like shame-free sex. Like, cause like yeah. And also to not wonder also like if God's going to punish you, God, you're not going to... It's not there anymore. Like, like at least for me, I'm to a point where like I no longer have God as a prison guard who's like looking into my the thoughts in my mind mm -hmm. from the guard tower. Oh right, like because yeah, because you were taught if you just lusting was the same thing as like having an affair. And I remember thinking 100. like, you know what? If I'm gonna lust, I might as well enjoy it and just do it. Yeah, if I'm going to lust, I'm going to lust hard. If like it's like if I'm going to what is it? If thou sin, sin boldly. <laughs> I think that was yeah. Like when I played basketball, my my dad would always tell me like, if you're gonna foul, make it hurt. Like if you're gonna get called for the foul, make sure they can't shoot very well because they're sore. I'm like okay. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I I mean like as I like to think that I'm not not competitive, but like it's like the delicious shadow side of myself that just wants mm -hmm. to like. It's like the shadow side of my Scorpio. Like who wants like to dark sting? Dark Brandon, Who's... Dark Kevin. Oh, one hundred percent. Or um, like the if you watch like Scott Pilgrim versus the World, it's like the shadow version of Scott Pilgrim at the end. Mm -hmm. But really, okay. just like at the end, just wants to chat and be friends, but like thinks mm -hmm. he has to fight. Anyways, um, if y'all didn't know, if you don't know the reference, it's okay. Go watch it. Um. I know that I'm coming up on time because I have a noon o'clock call. I have to get on, unfortunately. So I want to end with the the question game I do with. We did it last time, and we can do it again this time. It's called I don't Just One what Thing. I said, so. <laughs> Great, but for Just One Thing, I'm going to give you just one thing. Five little. They're not rapid fire questions, but there's just like one thing that, etc. So April of Joy, what's one thing you like about yourself? Hmm, I like my height. Your height? 
How tall are you? <laughs> I'm tall. Heck yeah. Listen, um, we can, um, we'll go out. We'll both wear heels. We'll be very scary for people. I love it. Good. That's terrifying. What is, what is one thing you're very proud of? Hmm. Um, I'm proud of my partner mm. for finally being who they are and still and like surviving all the trauma to get there. Hell yeah. What's one thing that pisses you off? Like a little pet peeve. Mm, the Billy Graham rule. Uh, listen, we're, <laughs> well, actually as two women here in the room, we're not breaking the rules, so we're okay. You know, <laughs> just, um, what is one thing that you're committed to? Oh, I already said my partner, so let me say something else. Um, <laughs> uh, burning down the patriarchy. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And what's one thing you want to do before you die? Skydive. Easy. What a small and achievable dream. I'm excited for you. <laughs> I know. I just got to do it. I just got to, you know, find time, get a sitter, go. My yeah. partner would not do it with me. So I'll have to find another friend. Have you skydived? I've not. I've wanted to. I think it would be very fun. Mm. Um, although my mother, for her um, for her 60th birthday, she jumped out of an airplane. Like She skydived, but she did it in Dubai with my brother. Like over That's all epic. these like gorgeous islands and had the whole thing. I'm just like, and you she's like, yeah. That. I'm like, now you chose to do this? Like here and now, mm -hmm. I'm like, that's great. And I'm so jealous. I'm like, yeah. that's amazing because like, when are you ever gonna do that again? Mm -hmm. I mean, the next time you go visit your son in Dubai, probably, for being honest. <laughs> that's that's pretty Anyways. amazing though. What a way to skydive. Yeah, cheers to you, mom. Cheers to you <laughs> and your bougie retired life. I hope you're mm -hmm. having fun. Cheers. <laughs> I really. <laughs> Cheers. Okay, um, tell folks on the internet where they can find you and, you know, give you money and subscribe to your shit, etc. Et sure, all the things. So you can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at April A. Joy. Um, it's April A. Joy. A Joy is my middle name. And on Twitter, I'm April A. Joy R because someone named April A. Joy took my screen name and never uses it. And it's like just been sitting there for 10 years. I'm not salty about it or anything. So it's April A. Joy R on there. Um, it's the same yeah, thing for my Twitter. Oh, it's it's so maddening. I'm like, ugh, I'm trying to brand here, people. Um, <laughs> that's also my name. But uh, I also co-host a podcast called Evangelicalish, and then my partner and I have a podcast called The Non-Binary Marriage, and it's just like a it's just like a mini series where we just tell our story and then it's done. So easy. Mm. I love having a great time. This is so great. Thank you for having me in your space this morning and yeah, sharing coffee and And that was my conversation with April Ajoy. Please follow her across social media at April Ajoy and uh, check out, especially on TikTok. That's really where the magic is happening. She's so fucking funny. The use of wigs, the drag, it's just, it's pretty perfect. So go check her out, April. Come hang out with me again. So beautiful to see you. Can't wait to do an event with you. It's going to be perfect. All right. I think that about wraps it up. So let's roll the credits. 
As per usual, if you love the show, please make sure you're subscribed. Please make sure you you rate it five stars and make sure that you share this podcast with somebody you know needs to hear it because sharing the podcast is the way we get more ears. And the other way we get more ears is when you rate us in Apple Podcasts and on Spotify because do you know what is still at the very top of the charts right now? It's white Christian nonsense in like in religion and spirituality. It's just white Christian bullshit. So I would love to change that. I would love to get up there. And I would also just love to grow the community even more. If you want to help grow the community and support me at the same time, support this podcast, you can go to a wonderful website. It's patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia and join, join up today. Um, when you join, you're not just supporting the show, but you're joining an incredible community called The Crowded Table. We have a Discord channel. And you also get like free shit every quarter if you, if you, you know, do, you know, do the year thing or if you just, you know, do a little bit, of, a little bit at a time, a little bit monthly thing. You know, for as little as seven bucks a month, you can be a part of making this stuff happen and all the other stuff that happen. And the more support I get on this side, the more free shit I get to do, which is really what I want to do anyways, because... I would do everything for free if I could get the funding for it, if I could make sure that my bills are paid. And so the dream is if we can get enough of us giving just a little bit out of a time, we can create more resources for people who need it. So again, that's my little spiel for it. Patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia. If this show has been good to you, please be good to me. I love you so much. It would be so helpful. Um, I think that about does it. Um, just a reminder, the summer cohort is starting. The spiritual recovery cohort is starting on June 3rd. Uh, please get in your applications and get on my calendar so that we can talk. It's a 10-week guided group coaching slash one-to-one coaching thing where you and I, and as well as 20 other people, are going to go through 10 weeks of not, you know, as intense as you want it to be but a time of intentionally unpacking the bullshit, learning about the things that have held us back and finding the practices and ideas that are going to light us up and make us bloom into the wonderful people that we were always meant to be. So if you're ready to get out of the deconstruction muck, if you're ready to you know, not just be spiritually stuck all the time, come hang out with me this summer for the Spiritual Recovery Cohort. Uh, you can go to thekevingarcia.com slash cohort to get all the information, to fill out your application, and to get on my calendar. Again, that's thekevingarcia.com slash cohort. That's it. Okay. I love you. Follow me across social media at thekevingarcia. Go buy my book. It's called Bad Theology Kills. It's at badtheologykills.com. Go buy some merch from me because that also helps pay the bills. And until next time, girl, uh, take your meds, call your person, shake your ass. Be sweet to yourself. Drink some water. I'm dehydrated. I'm going to go do that right now. All right. I love you. Bye. Bye.